loyal listeners. Welcome new listeners to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 6, Episode 17, Garbage Island. And with me is a woman that I kind of stole away from somebody else. I guess that's true. Also, my podcast partner and my wife, Jen. Hello. So, Garbage Island, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. It's. It was okay. I laughed a couple of times. It was sort of on par with most of How I Met Your Father episodes. It was sort of that mm. level of humor where I think I chuckled softly a couple times. There were some things that made me smile. And there was some interesting parts of the story. I liked the Wendy the Waitress parts, even though that was very much of it. Oh, really? Yeah. You take or leave that. All right. We have a whole bunch of emails. We've been gone a while. Jen's been working till midnight a lot of nights lately, so. It's the worst. Yeah, and, and then when she finally gets a day where she can work from home, and that's usually when we podcast, she always wants to not do anything, understandably, because <laughs> she wants to be able to relax. To lay on the couch and do nothing. And veg. So I've been giving her that space, but finally the timing worked out where she got over most of her, that work hump. And we're coming off of a eh, fairly relaxing weekend. so. And we both work from home today. We'll start with our first email. We have a couple we'll do before the recap, and then a couple we'll do after, based on who actually wrote about this episode, and these first ones did not. We got another email from Katerina. I believe she's a Lithuanian, someone writing from Lithuania, or was she... We also had someone from Russia or something, but I think she might have been a Lithuanian. Maybe we should have looked this up before speculating. Sorry, Katerina, if we forget your country of origin. Katerina is actually writing about episode 2.12, season 2, episode 12, first time in New York, and making reference to something from that podcast. Um, I think maybe she's behind and just kind of catching up on our podcast. Mm-hmm. So Probably. She, she writes, hi again. I'm really enjoying your recaps of the episodes, and I thought I could give you input on the Friends episode you're probably thinking of. Both of you are right. It was just a longer scene than you remembered. So yes, Anna Ferris' character was unsure who the father was, but Monica learned that the other potential father did a thing that you can't get pregnant with. Chandler gets intrigued and asks if they did the thing they sometimes do or never do. I'm way too of a prude to say what I think they're referring to. Haha. Nice. Um, side note, I'm... Uh, what she's afraid to say, I think, is butt stuff. <laughs> All right. She writes, have a good evening. I'm about to start work. So I don't remember what brought that up. There's something in that episode that reminded us, oh, I know what it is because of the title, First Time in New York, mm-hmm. where the little sister is saying that they've done everything but oh, sex. Right. And somehow it led us to... Wait, does that mean everything? Yeah, with her anal, you know. Yeah. Or maybe she said something like, well, we sort of did it, but not really. I feel like there was some sort of hint that that might have been what it was, although that was potentially more our sick minds than what the show intended. (laughs) Quite possibly. Well, Katerina, I hope you are catching up. Nice to hear from you. So this one's kind of interesting because Lee, who writes to us, has written to us before, but he forgot that he had. (laughs) So he sent us a long email, but then he sent me one right afterwards, which says, I think it was either the same day or the next day. Yeah, it was the same day. He writes, this is wild. I thought I had emailed you guys before, but I couldn't remember. So I wanted to reach out and tell you how much I enjoyed the podcast. 
Not even 24 hours after I sent this email, I listened to the podcast covering the episode Bad News, and you actually read my first email that I sent a few months back. (laughs) Crazy coincidence. Made me actually laugh out loud. That's funny. Lee. So this is the email he sent that was the 24 hours before he sent the follow-up one. Wait, wait, so now is this this proof of the simulation again? (laughs) I don't think so. No, I think it is. Okay. (laughs) Well, of course you think you're in a simulation. You're married to me. I mean, who could want for anything (laughs) more? Toyota? Who could ask ask for anything anything more? more? You're right. All right. Lee writes, Hey guys, my name is Lee and I love your podcast. I started listening to, a, to it a little over a year ago in the summer of 2022. When I first started, I was listening to one or two episodes a week while I was trying to find the best Hemium Rewatch podcast. I found a couple other ones that I tried out, but they weren't nearly as good as how you both break down the episodes and the entertainment you provide. I am now listening to three to five episodes a week on average, and I don't know what I'm going to do once I'm caught up, and and will have to wait for each episode to be released. Lucky for you, we're going real slow. Yeah, that's worse for him. Oh, no, that's true. (laughs) I'm really tired, guys. Uh, Go back to your simulation. Can I sleep more there? Of course. That would be the saddest simulation. (laughs) The sleep simulation. All right. Of course, as with most things, nothing is perfect, and sometimes the level of moral high ground or political correctness gets a little excessive. So now we're starting to remember this guy from before. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we haven't heard this um, criticism in a, in a while. Nice to hear it again. I, wonder, for, I guess we're not better now. <laughs> for exa- I don't think so. For example, I recently watched the episode where Robin's co-anchor and boyfriend Don leaves Robin for the same job in Chicago that she gave up so she could be with him. Robin calls Don and repeatedly leaves him voicemail saying she's going to kill him and eat his face. You guys found that to be hilarious, but every time Barney comments or looks at a much younger woman, you react as though it's the most disgusting thing that could ever happen. Barney liking women younger than him, but at the same time a legal-aged adult? Bad. Robin murdering and cannibalizing her ex-boyfriend after a bad breakup? Hilarious. LOL. I stand by that. <laughs> that was a good episode. <laughs> it is. And I mean, obviously. I think Robin, there's more to the. Robin the was being comedically violent. Barney really wants to date women obnoxiously younger than him. But I don't, I don't care that he wants to date women younger than him. No, I think it's usually the, the scam of it all we're less than pleased with. I'm not even less than pleased with it. It just, we admit that it doesn't age well. Mm. Nevertheless. Someone, you probably, no one's going to write that in a show today, really. Probably not. Are they going to write that Robin's threatening to eat her boyfriend's face? Yeah, I mean, that was just so comically over the top. Right. But, and uh, clearly she wasn't going to do that thing. <laughs> but anyways, the, uh, that might not be his best example. I, I sort of, I, I can see where he's coming from, whereby we give a pass to one thing and not to the other um, based on it being a guy or a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does tend to happen. There's sort of an overcorrection and political correctness going on. At any rate, he continues. But what I'm not a fan of with your podcast is far outweighed by but what I like about it. I love hearing... Oh, I was like, oh, God, are we going to get into more of what you don't like? <laughs> I love hearing the rankings every episode. Thank you. <laughs> I really enjoy when we find the same jokes funny, and I wonder if I missed something when you both find something funny that I didn't laugh out loud. I'm also not a season nine hater like most Hinyan fans. I'm, I actually kind of enjoy the way things get wrapped up in the end. Himium is definitely in my top five of all-time favorite sitcoms ever. 
My number one ranked episode is still to come, and I can't wait for that episode to be broken down by the two of you. It's Barney's Bachelor Party episode with the Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio, and the real Karate Kid, William Zabka, guest starring. Nice. Keep up the great work, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Nice to hear from you again, Lee. It's interesting that Friends came up in this from that right in with uh, Matthew Perry yeah, just passing away. Moment of silence. All right. So, Garbage Island. We start off Garbage Island with Hong Kong 2021. This already passed. Yes. This, no, uh, this nobody is, was in Hong Kong in 2021. Their future, our... What? I mean... Were people doing a lot of international travel in 2021 still? Oh, especially not towards Asia. Uh, yeah, especially not to China. I guess they uh, couldn't tell the future after all. Yeah, right. Now, that's the Simpsons that tells the future. Oh, that's true. But so our past, their future, and Ted's looking kind of old in this scene. Yeah. They I aged up quite a bit, even though it's only seven or so years after the finale. Ten, yeah, I mean, ten years from this season this, yeah. that we're covering. Yeah, it's kind of weird how they do that. I think we've talked about this before, but like, how much do they think people really age in seven years? He's reminding these kids of a story he told them of a trip he took to Hong Kong, and he got stuck in an airport. And a funny thing happened that day. He's, he makes reference to how cell phones project holograms. They don't do that for phone calls, but I think there is... There's hologram s- technology. There's hologram technology, and there's... You can use your, there, there's, I think there's an app on a phone where you can use it as a projector. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Against a wall. Okay. That's fun. I don't know where or how to do that, but <laughs> I think that that exists, but not as a hologram, obviously. I was trying to think. I, in fact, I don't yeah. think that could ever be possible to put out a hologram just from a phone. I think a hologram has to come from several angles. Maybe. They have a phone that can fold in half now. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this. Like in 2011, did we even have FaceTime? That was still too early for that. I think I think that was too early for FaceTime. Yeah, so it's like okay, well, we don't have holograms. We have that. <laughs> but obviously, there was conference calls. Yeah, Skype, and but not on your phone. Yeah, I don't know if that if they had the apps available for smartphones yet to yeah. do that. Okay, but essentially, he bumps into Wendy, the waitress. And he doesn't remember her name. That's right. Clearly. And she reintroduces herself. It's me, Wendy the waitress. <laughs> right. Somehow knowing that that's how she was always referred to. <laughs> Apparently this is Wendy the waitress's last episode. So Ted's... Is it? Okay. Yeah. So Ted's going to back up 10 years. They're at the bar and the topic of Nora comes up. This, is, must, be, this must be right after the last episode because mm-hmm. they refer to him the day before having fun with Nora playing laser tag. Barney says it was a disaster. Robin said that's not what she thought, what Nora thought. But when Barney asked Nora for, to go out for a drink after laser tag, she said that she was kind of tired. But gave him her number and said, give me a call. So in Robin and Nora's mind, like that was great. Barney does not appreciate this. Uh, the way, yeah, the way he recaps it, as soon as she said no, she's kind of tired, the rest of what she explained was sort of in, like, the Peanuts cartoon adult muffled instrument sounds. Which, again, simulation, because we just did a whole Peanuts thing for Halloween. Right. 
Tyler was Linus, which none of the other kids knew who that was. <laughs> yeah, apparently kids these days don't watch Charlie Brown. Jen, for Monkey. Trunk or Treat, was Snoopy. I was Snoopy. With a homemade Snoopy outfit. <laughs> I pulled it together in 10 minutes. I was pretty proud of myself. And I was the teacher that talked like this. Except you didn't actually do that. No, but that was, if <laughs> someone asked me what my be. costume was, that's what I was going to tell them. All right. So again, like, what are the chances of that? Barney denies really having feelings for her, but Robin says that he can't say her name without smiling, and then he continues to try, but it's then he continues to smile. But Barney don't chase, so if she's not going to chase him, he's just claiming he's going to walk away. Right. Lily tries to give him some advice, but all he hears is the Peanuts voice again. Yeah, the muffled horn sounds again. All right. Wait, so is Charlie Brown so out of the loop that we have to like explain who that is to the younger people? Look it up. I'm not taking time for that. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I thought everybody did the nostalgia Charlie Brown thing with their kids. So we go back to modern time McLarens. Ted says that, or the narrator says that, when you start dating someone, everyone wants to know know the same thing. How did they meet? So Ted starts to go, he's with Zoe there, and he starts to go into a backstory of how they met. He tells about how she was with the captain, but... I guess they had a huge fight, and the captain flipped out and demanded a divorce, and she was heartbroken. Now, that's more information that we've had before on the yeah. split. Well, and during this um, flashback, it shows that you know, Zoe was over at Ted's house watching a scary movie, and he's trying not to cross any lines because she's married, so he's sitting like 10 feet behind yeah. her. Yeah, that, that Which that's, comes back around. Right, that's only important because it comes back around. Right. It turns out that... Wendy, the waitress, only asked her, how's your meat? Instead of, how did you meet? Right. Kind of a weird segue line of no one's really interested. But Zoe then asked Ted to pick up a box that she left at her old apartment. Ted doesn't want to see the captain. No, why would he have to do this? Go get your own box. Yeah. But Zoe said she left it with the doorman. So really, it's just, I mean, I guess, does Ted have a car? I can't remember Mm. at this point. Didn't he give his car to Marshall or something? I can't remember. So Ted's going to pick it up tomorrow. All right, Marshall is leaving the bar. He says he has a meaningless stack of paperwork that he has to get off his desk. But it's all worth it because at least I know I'm making the world a place. (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. That is funny. Everyone notices that Marshall is not himself lately. Yeah, Willie points out he's been really quiet. Robin tries to say that's what Minnesota guys are like, which is not really anything that Marshall's ever been before. <laughs> That's a good point. Barney says that, you know, based on the way Lily's acting, it's been a while since she's gotten any. He's got a skill. He can name how long it's been since someone's had sex. For Lily, he says five weeks, three days. You should work at a carnival. <laughs> um, <laughs> towards the end of the scene, he looks at Robin and says 18 weeks. You can tell Robin's like, oh man, he's going to get it. <laughs> and then offers to throw one her way if she needs to just have sex with somebody. Yeah, Robin calls him out. Like, this is because you like Nora. You're trying to prove that you don't. I like how she says, we're exes. We're probably... Oh, no, he says, we're exes. We're probably due for a backslide. Or we could just do it the normal way. (laughs) Again, more butt stuff. Yeah. It's really a butt stuff-centric episode, I guess. Right. Then, like you said... um, well, Robin she points tells, out it's about Nora. Right, but he, Robin tells him, like, you missed your shot, and Robin starts to argue, Barney starts to argue with her that, you know, he doesn't like Nora, but wait, I missed my shot? 
<laughs> yeah, he can't help sh- but like show. He's a little kid. He, he wasn't done playing with that toy yet. <laughs> Robin says she met a guy. Barney starts to freak out a little bit. I and... guess this couldn't have been yesterday that they went laser tagging. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, but Robin says she's off the market. This guy's taking her to Cafe Lamar this Friday night. But Lamar means love. They're going to the Cafe of Love. Yeah. I thought that was cute. Lily and Marshall's apartment. Lily's trying to get some, but Marshall's watching a document on garbage. <laughs> Paraline, oh, I forgot to look this up. Is Garbage, garbage Island real? Yes. Okay. Apparently it's twice the size of Texas. Yeah, that thing's been floating around in the ocean for a long time. Well, at least we're getting all the garbage in one place. I suppose that is one way of looking at it. I wonder if there's rats living in it and stuff. Even though it's floating around in the ocean. If there's any non-marine animals that are somehow making it a home. Maybe we need to watch this documentary. Find out. I don't know. About garbage? (laughs) I'd rather just have sex. (laughs) You and Lily would get along well. (laughs) All right, we're at the captain's building. Oh, before we end that scene, I'm sorry. You know, Marshall gets into this whole I have to save the planet thing. Mm -hmm. And the part that he's like... Very much focusing in on is there's this bird that's stuck in the the six-pack rings, which I don't know if they were doing this when you were a kid, but they, like, drilled that into our heads in elementary school. Like, you have to recycle, and you can't kill all the animals. You have to cut up all the plastic. Yeah. And to this day, I cannot throw away one of those things without cutting it all into pieces. That and turning the water off when you brush your teeth, those are, like, the two main things got drilled into my head. Yeah, you kind of got me into that, where I don't keep the water <laughs> on anymore. I don't even know why. If if uh, the ice caps are shrinking and the, the oceans grow, nope, increasing. it's that little bit. It's because the fish. The fish is gonna call you. The fish is gonna call me. <laughs> That's what it was. It was like a commercial on TV, um, and there was like a little kid, you know, brushing his teeth at the sink, and then like there's a fish in the ocean or river or whatever somewhere. It like calls him. It's like, can you turn the water off? It's like the water's like draining. I'm not sure. That's really that much of a thing. I think of it more as, I mean, not, not where we live. In California, there's Well, no, obviously short. it wasn't, like, <laughs> it's not a direct correlation, but the propaganda, like, really sunk in. Well, now that the oceans are rising, maybe that fish doesn't have a problem. He's like, hey, got a little too much. <laughs> you should really. Yeah, can you drain some of this? <laughs> All right, let's get back to this. I'm sick of your hippie talk. <laughs> my hippie, my hippie-dippy mama over here. <laughs> All right, Captain. Uh, Ted goes to pick up the box, and as Susie walks in, of course, the captain's there. Yeah. And he thinks Ted's come to visit him. Well, before that, we get the bottom half of his face oh, yeah. slightly in the shadow, so it's scary, Captain. Right. But yeah, you're right. He thinks he came to rescue him. Yeah, Captain hadn't called him because he knew that Ted and Zoe were friendly, but now Past Ted's tense. come to visit. Yeah, were. <laughs> but now Ted's come to visit. And they go to the study. Uh, we're back at the bar, and Marshall's talking about Garbage Island, twice the size of Texas. Robin chimes in. <laughs> One-eighth the size of Canada. So so Marshall says he's going environmental. Phase one, the bar. He's already convinced McLaren's to implement a new green initiative. And then you get Wendy walking in. She had to carry an 80-pound bag of bottles to the recycling center every night. She threw her back out. How is there not like a recycle thing in the area? It's New York City, man. Yeah, but all those restaurants and stuff. like I, I know. No, you're right. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Marshall says, you're welcome, Earth. 
phase two, he's going to call a meeting at GMB so that they can cut their carbon footprint by half for only $12 million. Barney tries to talk him out of this, says he'll be gone if he tries this. And then Ted walks in. He's got a problem. He ran to the captain. Then we get the flashback with him and the captain, um, where the captain's telling him that Zoe left her for another man. Captain wants to know if he has any idea who it could be. And then the captain tells a story much different than the one Ted had been telling. Uh, the captain says that him and Zoe were happy. <laughs> he goes into a very wordy, complicated explanation. Mm-hmm. Blissful as Arcadian shepherds. Some Greek mythology thrown in. I was Poseidon, she my Aphrodite, I dare say. Scylla and Sherebitis could not have found, had torn us asunder. Yeah, I, feel I don't know very dumb right means. now. Yeah. And then he goes, we had, we had great big boners for each other. <laughs> but then this, enter the enter scoundrel. The scoundrel. <laughs> I don't know what he looks like, but I picture him with a mustache. And then we get the same image that we got earlier of Zoe on the couch but instead of Ted sitting behind her, he's now sitting on the couch with her, with his shirt off, with a mustache. <laughs> like, that was my actual first like laugh-out-loud moment of this episode. Ted goes, yes, limit the search to guys with mustaches. Smart. <laughs> but Zoe told him she was in love with somebody else. Yeah, which is news to us, obviously. Right. And to Ted, I guess. Right. Made him angry, but he pulled himself together, you know, asked... Yeah, said he would do anything to keep her. He begged her not to leave. They made love that night. <laughs> Ted spits out his <laughs> drink at that. But morning came and she Why was gone. Why does he spit out his drink? I, because that's his girlfriend. I don't know. That was a strange reaction. Like, maybe he just thought, I don't know. I mean, I guess he thought that the captain had left her. So, yeah, I don't know. End of the flashback, Ted realizes that he's the bad guy. <laughs> Robin goes, but in the story of picking up the box for Zoe, <laughs> you're the hero. Damn it, the box. You forgot the box. Yep. Um, now we're at Lily and Marshall's apartment. Um, Marshall's working on his presentation for the board, and Lily's trying to get up on him. Right. They agree that after he's done with the presentation, they can do it. And then they shake on it, and then she tries to force him to feel her up. <laughs> like, it's very weird, aggressively. Kind of <laughs> like, he's trying to move his hand. <laughs> She's just moving it to her boob. We're at the bar. Barney comes in, calls Robin a liar. A liar. He happened to be at Cafe La Morte that night from 5 p.m. until closing, reading a newspaper with two holes cut out of it. <laughs> he never saw Nora or the Italian race car driver she's dating. There's some back and forth over whether it is actually an Italian race car driver, but... Robin then reveals that she made the whole thing up. This was just to prove a point. Barney says it doesn't matter. He can't be anybody's boyfriend. And then Robin says, okay, if you don't like her, then throw me one. Mm-hmm. Have sex with me, essentially, if you don't really like her. Right. She wants a fastball right down the middle. Actually, if I recall correctly, a slight curve. <laughs> Penis comment. Very dirty episode turning into. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Robin's trying to call Barney's bluff here. He says, don't poke the dragon, Robin, because the dragon will poke you back. Eh. (laughs) Lily and Marshall's apartment. Marshall enters, and Lily just jumps in. (laughs) Yeah, she, like, got all dressed up cute. Marshall says that today didn't go so well. We get a flashback to his scene at the office, and we get Arthur. Yes, that was unexpected. So Arthur doesn't want to do anything more for the environment. He already met Stan. (laughs) 
does Sting have a lot to do with the environment? Maybe you should have met Al Gore. I feel like that's a cause that he'd be a part of. It's like he's a cause head, like yeah. Bono and. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking of more. So yeah, like it would be more Bono or do like a 30 Rock and get Al Gore on twice. The only person that in the room that will slightly agree with Marshall is Meeker, and then he gets fired right away. Yeah. Arthur's instinct is to fire Marshall as well, but his dad just died, so he lets him get away with it. When Marshall... So Marshall says that Meeker got fired because of me. I'm the bad guy. But Lily got him a six-pack of tall boys from the deli to go along with her doing it. And they're starting to fool around, but obviously Marshall's distracted. He's not happy with the plastic rings that held that six-pack t- together, and Lily must have just thrown them through the garbage chute. So she makes a comment about let's use handcuffs <laughs> instead. I guess she thinks that his question about the rings is... Because he wants to use them to tie her up. Yeah, I guess so. But Marshall has to go find those rings. So he's going to go down to the trash compactor. We're at the captain's building. Ted's trying to sneak in to get the box again. Of course, captain's right there. Right, is he just hanging out in the lobby? Without even saying anything. Does he have a job? I don't know. Is he just rich and hanging out on the boat? (laughs) And as soon as Ted sees him, Ted goes, to the study. To the study! (laughs) Captain tells him the... He knows who stole Zoe. He thinks it's the doorman. Right. But there's a lot. There's a lot of false starts. Where yeah. He's gonna say Ted. Yep. So Ted goes along with it, and son of a bitch. <laughs> and there's this. He says a couple of things about the doorman, and ends with, and then there's his glorious mustache. <laughs> we do see the doorman. He's wearing a hat and does have a pretty big mustache. Uh, the captain keeps picking out different weapons to use against him. Ted's talking him down. Yeah, Ted says, because he, he's initially saying, I'm going to have him fired. Ted says, like, no, you can't do that. And Captain jumps right to um, pulling out some flails, like yeah. double flails. As Ted's trying to talk it down, he says, look, look, yes, yes, the doorman is a scoundrel. The mustache <laughs> alone gives that away. He's a rake, a rogue, a rapscallion. Whoa, I rapscallion think, may be going a bit far. <laughs> I think a lot of this are lines that Ted used in the Stinsons episode when he's pretending that, that um, he's... It had something to do with him playing a part in Barney's story that that woman was Barney's wife. Right. When they catch them making out in the kitchen, and Barney's like, why are you kissing my wife? And then Ted goes into this long backstory about how Barney had stole someone from him, and he called him a <laughs> scoundrel and a rapscallion. <laughs> All right, good call. So I think they reused some of that. I like it. Ted points out to the captain, like, you guys have nothing in common. She doesn't even like boats. Like, you're going to find somebody that you're going to be happier with. Becky. Yes. Although that although ends in divorce. Not. All right. So as Ted talks him down, Captain's in a much better place. And then as Ted's leaving, he says, he admits it's him. You're welcome. And then runs out. <laughs> and then takes the box. We cut to the trash bin. Marshall's going through there looking for the rings. Lily because she wants to hurry up and have sex, wants to help him look, so she gets in her lingerie into the trash bin. This is super gross. We go to Ted's apartment. Barney comes in and is with Robin. Comes in and says, all right, Robin, give it to me. Robin flips out on him. Yeah, he failed her test. And then Barney says, you know, instead of give it to me as in sex, he meant give me the number. All right, we cut to the bar. We got Ted and Zoe there. Ted wants to know if he stole her. She said, yeah, he did, but not not by seducing her, but just by being a nice guy. Right. 
Ted, you know, is still seeing himself as the bad guy, but, you know, Zoe points out, you know, it'll be years before we know who's the good guy and the bad guy. But sometimes things need to fall apart to make way for better things. We're back to the trash bin. Lily's trying to figure out, okay, Marshall, what's really going on here? Turns out this is all about Marshall's dad dying. His dad didn't get to see him do anything but take a high-level corporate job, and his dad was always proud that he was going to eventually be an environmental Mm -hmm. lawyer. This is all brand new. I I never got a sense from Marvin that that was a big thing for him. No, I think he was fine with whatever made Marshall happy. Yeah. But, yeah, this is what Marshall is thinking, because now... He thinks if they have a baby, he'll get stuck at GMB. Yeah, he's probably not wrong. So Lily tells him, go work at the NRDC, you know, clean the oceans and save the planet in like a year, and then they'll start a family. Right. Marshall says that so far, Marshall, in the name of saving the planet, has just ruined her night. He practically broke Wendy's back, and he got Meeker fire. The guy must hate him. Meeker doesn't hate him, says Lily. And then Ted <laughs> cuts in as the narrator and said, Meeker hated him, but it all worked out because they flashed to outside the bar. Meeker's coming up to get a drink. Coincidentally, at the only bar that Marshall also hangs out at. Well, no, that's he went there intentionally because he knows they hang out there. He was trying to go confront Marshall. How do you know that? Meeker knew we all hung out at McLaren's. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that night he went there Got to it. confront Marshall. Good point. But the bar's closed, and he runs into Wendy, who's trying to lug you know, all of the recyclables. and Bag breaks. Yep, and he starts helping her clean up, and... She says that it's a, the fault of a person named Eric Marshall. He hates... Marshall. Marshall. And then, Marshall Erickson? Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, she says she... It's not his fault. It's all Marshall Erickson's fault. And he says he hates Marshall Erickson. So they have that in common. And then apparently they get married. That's all it took. <laughs> Three kids later, and they have come to Hong Kong on a second honeymoon. Which I didn't know that was a thing. Can we do a second honeymoon? Maybe. That sounds fun. Wendy wants to know, so we're back at the, we find this out because we're back at the airport in 2021. So he sees Meeker's there also. And Wendy asks is, if he's still with Zoe. And he starts in, uh, no, that didn't end well, but it's for the best because now he's married to an amazing girl. This is again a, you get rid of some things to make room mm-hmm. for something better. We have two kids. It's actually a funny story of how we met. I was best man at this wish. Listen, Ted, it's great seeing you, but we got to run. But we get this really fast, like, flash of a fast forward, or of a flash forward of Marshall and Ted, like, sitting on a bench in tuxes. Yeah. So that's like the, the little glimpse into the future that we're getting is some sort of hint. Right. We're, but we've seen this before. We've Have seen, we seen yeah, because okay. he was peeling a, a label off of a beer bottle and Marshall, you know, is asking him about being nervous. Mm, And so I think we we get the impression that that was supposed to be Ted's wedding. Now we're finding out that that wasn't Ted's wedding. It was his best friend's wedding. No, he was just a best man at the wedding. Oh, he's the best man at the wedding. That's fine. But then I guess, you know, we only have left to assume that it's Barney. You probably wouldn't put that together in real time if you're watching this episode and it was your first time going, running through all this. But I, I really like that Wendy doesn't want to hear the How I Met Your Mother story. She's like, no thanks. <laughs> Bye. Gotta go. All right. So this episode I ranked 163. Out of how many? One... 201, although I think there's more that I haven't ranked. But okay. I have ranked 201 episodes. So it's pretty far back. Do you have a favorite joke? Um, I did have a 
favorite joke. I think it was Barney's reaction when Robin tells him that Nora and her new boyfriend are going to go to Cafe L'Amour. Oh. (laughs) Mine is that Wendy not wanting to hear Ted's How I Met Your Mother story. (laughs) My least favorite is probably Barney's Poking the Dragon joke. Yeah, I think mine is probably Barney's With Great Penis Comes Great Responsibility. Mm. Can't be smirched Spider-Man like that. So next week we have Change of Heart. That's a big Barney Nora episode. Okay. Where he tells her that he is someone that wants to get married one day, all that stuff, and then has to tell her the truth. And oh, I, th- I think it's also where she might want him to meet her parents, maybe? Already? I'm not sure. And then also Robin's dating a guy, Scooby, that acts a lot like a dog. I know. That's not their best work. No. I kind of like the dog Scooby thing, but... We'll see if it holds up. Yeah, I remember that I feeling like very it. forced. Okay. We have an email from someone named Nora. <gasps> no way. Yeah. That's awesome. Why don't you read it? Hey, together. I'm Nora, matching to all the Nora episodes now, and I'm a listener from Switzerland. Sorry for grammar mistakes, etc. English is my second language. Himian is my all-time favorite show, like Star Wars for Ted. And I got... Known one of my best friends only. I got to know one of my best friends only because we talked a whole evening about Ted and all his girls. That sounds awesome. <laughs> so I was really happy when I found your podcast, and now I was a classy binge listener too. You two made my everyday life so much better. Thank you. It's really interesting to hear the jokes and stuff in the English version because I saw it only one time in English and around seven times in German. And yeah, some things aren't that funny as in English. I always wonder about that. Because mm. if, yeah, how the translations hold up. My opinion of Garbage Island isn't that high. It's an episode I often skip or look at while I'm doing something else, like many episodes of season six. The season has some very good episodes, but most of them, meh. (laughs) So she's right on our wavelength. Thank you for doing this podcast. You're doing great, and I'm so happy every time to see a Spotify push-up with a new episode. Lots of love, Nora. Thanks, Nora. Thanks, Nora. So nice to hear. Yeah, I'm glad you found us. And then we'll finish with an email from Felix. Hey, from Sweden. How are you guys doing? I'm going on two and a half hours of sleep, and I'm about to go and work a 12-hour shift, so wish me luck. Oh, that's brutal. This episode is very funny. Ted is annoying as always. (laughs) (laughs) It's never not funny. Barney and Nora was endgame, and you can't tell me otherwise. Yes, I didn't bring that up, but like that, they should have ended up together. Ted being afraid of the captain is the funniest thing. It's quite funny to see Barney become so defensive when his friends mention Nora. The captain is very funny, and his comedic timing is on point. Lily's in a frisky mood once more. Bob Odenkirk is always a win. Marshall being sad that his father never got to see him as an environmental lawyer really hits home. Um, favorite joke with great penis comes great responsibility. <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, Felix. <laughs> Worst joke, the guy scares the panties off me. How I started supporting Houston teams, because that's what he was saying about mm-hmm. uh, his favorite sports teams. It's because when I became interested in basketball, my favorite player was James Harden, and he played for Houston. And then I'd just been supporting Houston in every sport except in hockey. In hockey, I support Washington Capitals. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, Woo-hoo. Felix. And that's because of Nicholas Backstrom. Sorry, I have to be anti Capitals because I lived in Pittsburgh. Right. All right, our four questions. What is our favorite music band of all time? His is ABBA. ABBA is one of the greatest bands of all time. Wow, him and Brad. <laughs> yes. 
Um, the high school across the street is doing Mamma Mia this weekend. Maybe oh, really? They invite Felix. He'll, he'll fly in for that. Definitely. Um, I'd say, I, well, I know Jen's is Taylor Swift. No, th- this is band. This is not individual artist. Oh, no, I'm just going to go with artist or whoever. No, that's not the question. I think he's being a little loose with this. All right, Felix, you have to let him know that I'm right. All right, yeah, so, I mean, if it's just what music artist is our best. Well, all right, what's your favorite band? Dave Matthews Band, right? Yep. Um, and then her favorite performer is Taylor Swift. Individual my, artist. Yes. My favorite performer is Billy Joel over time. What I did is I took all my favorite bands or individual performers and I counted up how many of their songs I liked and Billy Joel came on top. I think I've described that on this podcast before. Yeah, I think so. Um, if I had to go band instead of individual performer using that same metrics, I would say Fleetwood Mac or, mm, well, Phil yeah. Collins slash Genesis. If I'm allowed to do that. But if it has to be pure band, then I guess Fleetwood Mac. It's a good choice. I feel so. like i got to throw the Beatles in there, too. but That's just a given. All right. Best song from any movie. All right. I thought about this for a little bit. So <laughs> the one that popped into my head first was the Napoleon Dynamite like dance scene song. Canned Heat. Yeah. <laughs> It's not the best song, but it's just, like, so funny. It was just, like, the first thing that popped in my head. You're trying, like, you're saying if you're matching a scene with a song. Yeah. Uh, But if I'm picking, like, an actual, like, song coming out of a movie, it would be Don't You Forget About Me from Breakfast Club. Hmm. Um, He says best song from any movie. His is Life is a Highway from the first Cars movie. Now, obviously, Life is a Highway was a movie, was a song from the 80s. Mm -hmm. So it didn't come from that movie. So in that same tone... First, I was my favorite song of all time is Dust in the Wind, and they did have it in old school. So yes. does that count? I don't know. If it has to sort of go with a scene in a movie, um, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears is in the last closing credits of the movie Real Genius from the 80s starring Val Kilmer. Okay. And it's sort of a fun scene, and they're playing that song, and I always related with that song. But if I have to choose my favorite song that's really steeped into a movie... I think, or if it has to go with a scene in a movie, it's Footloose, the dancing at the end of Footloose, okay. with the song Footloose. I wanted to cheat and just be like, every single song from the Eras Tour movie, but I didn't think anybody would appreciate that but me. Mm-hmm. No one would. <laughs> All right, what's the best year of films? His is 2019. It had The Farewell, Avengers Endgame, Marriage Story, Jojo Rabbit, Uncut Gems, Booksmart, Knives Out, the Lighthouse, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Toy Story 4, Pain and Glory, Little Women, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, John Wick 3, The Irishman, 1917, Midsummer, Ford vs. Ferrari, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is one of my favorites, mm-hmm. and Parasite. Hmm. I've not seen Strong year. that many. Well, let's see. I've seen Avengers, Jojo Rabbit, Uncut Gems, Booksmart, Knives Out, Toy Story 4. Little Women. Can we move this and along? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. I was seeing if I, you know, if we have movie night. I need to pay attention to what the good movies are. Uh, so, did you were you able to actually do this? Oh, I did. How? With so little time. I googled, and then figured out what I liked best. Okay, go so ahead. I landed on 1999. It had 
Toy Story 2. Well, that's quite a... I didn't realize how far apart Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 4 were. Oh, yeah. Good Lord, that's 20 years. Yep. The Matrix, Blair Witch Project, Sixth Sense, American Beauty, The Green Mile, Office Space, Fight Club, American Pie. So what I did for this is I have my top 100 movies of all time, and I just took a tick sheet of what year they were all from and added and included the one that had the most movies in one year. Mm-hmm. And what I came up with was 2001. Mm-hmm. You had Lord of the Rings, A Beautiful Mind, Not Another Teen Movie, Vanilla Sky, Kissing Jessica Stein, and Rockstar. Um, then the fourth question is, what's your favorite sporting moment? Mm-hmm. His is when Chelsea won the Champions League in 2012 for the first time. He was so happy when they won. Do you have one? Steelers winning the Super Bowl. And just any year that they did it that you were alive to watch it? Uh, I mean, I only watched two of them because all the ones from before were before my time. Okay. Mine would, I think, be Michael Phelps breaking the Olympic medal record. Hmm. I think that was probably my finest moment. He was a lot of fun to watch, and his his races were always very tight, especially around the time when he was breaking the record because he wasn't in his prime anymore mm. at that point. So that was I would, I'd have to put it there, and yes, it's a very American answer. <clears throat> well, that's all we have. All right. All right, folks. Well, we'll uh, try and tape. Hopefully, Jen's work won't. It can't possibly keep going at this pace. So yeah, hopefully we'll <laughs> we'll have another clear week next week that we can do this again soon, and we'll check you guys out for what did I say the next one was. Uh, something about hearts. Yeah, change of heart. Oh, good. All right. Thanks, everybody that wrote in. Please feel free to keep emailing us. We love to see it. And for making your lives better, you're welcome. (laughs) Bye, Alice.